discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Jesus came from the grave and he appeared to his disciples the first time. The first words that he, he gave was all hail. Matthew 28 verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now, there were, let's look at other versions so that you understand. Maybe you are thinking it's something else. Yeah, let's see what it means. And they came, what, what do you say? And Jesus came to them saying, be glad. Do you understand be glad? That was the, those were the first words of Jesus Christ when he met his disciples. Like, be glad, be en- enjoy. Can you, have, can you give us other versions that say something else? Why? Because salvation has come. Salvation is now possible. Now you can be included in the kingdom of God. The Amplified says what? Hail, greetings. This one still we don't understand. It's like, oh, greetings. It's more than that. Yes. Three Bible says what? Dede. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. So, you are welcome to our All Hail service. Yes. Our Resurrection Sunday services from now onwards are going to be called All Hail. Last week I started sharing with you on faithfulness, fruitfulness through faithfulness, isn't it? You remember? Fruitfulness through what? Faithfulness. And I started sharing with you on faithfulness to God because there are different categories of faithfulness. Okay? There's faithfulness to God. There's faithfulness to um, the vision that God gives. And then there's faithfulness to the servants of God that God gives to you. Then there's faithfulness to the church that God plants you in. Hallelujah. Yeah. These are different categories of faithfulness. Do you see? So, but I'm, I'm talking about faithfulness to God this time around. Okay? Now, the manifestation of uh, the administration of God or how, when we say administration, we're talking about how God does things. You see? If you go to the bank, let's say you've kept some, you've kept a million dollars. One of these days, you have a million dollars in your bank account. I'm prophesying to you if you are interested. Receive a million dollars in your bank account one of these days. One of these days. That is yours. It's not just passing through your account. It's yours. It's yours. Do you like such things or you don't like such things? It's one of the reasons why Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die so that you may have abundant life. You may have abundance in life. 
Yeah. Jesus likes it when you have abundance. He doesn't like it when you don't have abundance. What will your sacrifice mean if you don't have anything? Do you see? Your sacrifice will mean more when you have a lot and you are leaving those things to do something for the Lord. Okay? So it's good for you to have abundance. Now, just imagine you have a million dollars in your account and you are going for maybe $200,000 to do something, to buy a house. And you go just like that. You go without a check book. You go without um, whatever. ATM card. You can't take 200000 with ATM card, but I mean, let's say you don't go with your ATM card and you go and you're crying at the, at the bank. You are telling them and shouting at them that they should give you your money. Give me my money now. Now, how do we give you your money if you are not ready to sign a check, sign something to show that we are giving you this so-so-and-so amount? It doesn't work. Do you see? So just as the bank, that's the wisdom of the bank. The wisdom of banking is for you to go through certain processes. Now, you may, you may want a loan. Maybe something is happening. You need a loan of, uh, of 100000 you know, to sort yourself out. Maybe your father is dying, and the surgery they are going to do is $100,000. You need to fly him to South Africa and get it done. His kidneys are failed. You want to get him, buy him one more kidney or something. And you need $100,000 badly. And you go to the bank and you tell them, I need $100,000 now. What do you think they would do? Would they just carry the $100,000? You explain that my father is very ill. My father has taken care of me all his life. He's dying. It's the time for me to do something. I mean, your, your case is, is, is valid. It's legit. You see, we see your emotions. But your emotions notwithstanding, you need to show us that you can pay the money back. Where is your collateral? It's not for charity. The money is not for charity. Yes. You say, trust me, I'll pay. You know me. I've been around for a long time. Just trust me, I'll pay. It doesn't work like that. What do you think? Yeah. So, don't, you see, that is the wisdom of banking. God also has his own wisdom in doing things. And you shouldn't, you see, you, just as you can't shout on the bank and say that you people, whatever, I've been banking with you for the last 25 years, you can't trust me. I've been trusting my money for the last 25 years. You can't trust me with $100,000. God will repay you. God will repay you. You can't say that in the bank. It doesn't work. The banks are, are created in a certain way for you not to shout. One shout. You get like, you can't pay it. You have to be quiet there. Hey, is it true? In the same way, God also has his own way of doing things. And you can't, like, you, you, it can't be changed for you. No matter how nice you are. No matter how sweet you are. No matter how sexy you are. I mean, your sexiness does not do much for Jesus Christ. Now, one of the ways that, one of the operational ways of God is that God uses his servants to do what he wants to do in this world. Now, you can cry about it. You can shout about it. You can, that is how God works. I'm sorry, you can criticize it. Do you see? You can say that, oh, men of God are not correct. They are whatever. But that is, that is how, that is the way God has chosen. That is how God has chosen. Just like the way the bank has also chosen that you need to sign a check before we can give you your own money. Your own money. 
Write the account number. Don't they, don't, don't they know my account number already? Write it. The ID card. National, now they're not taking any ID. You can't bring your school, your secondary school ID card. Hey! Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So in the same way, God also has his own way of doing things. Now, if you read in Exodus chapter 3, you know, God, was, God met Moses and he was telling Moses how that he has seen the afflictions of the children of Israel and so many things. He said, I've come down to come and deliver them. Go down. Go down to verse, uh, verse 6. Moreover, he said, this is God talking. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Next verse. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. This is God talking. I know the sorrows of my people. I've heard their cry. I'm not happy about what's going on. Next verse, please. And I am come down, I have come down myself to come and come and deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land onto a good land and a large, onto a land flowing with milk and honey, onto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Buzites and the Weites and the Hukites and the Shishites and what? The Clavites and the Betites. Hey, all the ites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Hey. Then he says to Moses, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Ah. You say you have seen it. You say you know it. You say you have come down. Go and do the thing. Why do you need me? Well, Moses was not happy. He's like, ah. I've not seen it. I've not seen what you're talking about. You have seen it. You go and go and get it done. So Moses gave God a lot of excuses. I can't talk well. I'm a murderer. I'm wanted in that particular country. I have so many issues, please. And God was not happy with him at all. Like, come, I'm sending you. You are the one I've chosen to go and do it. So this is, it's called God's divine administration. When God wants to do anything on earth, he needs it. I mean, just imagine, God wanted to save humanity. What did he do? He became a man. God didn't appear in the sky and say, salvation is here. He didn't do that. He came as a man, became a baby, was born, and he needed to be born as a baby. Can you imagine? God was born as a baby, and God was being chased by Herod for his life. <coughs> Mortal man, it shows you how important human beings are. God doesn't joke with human beings at all. Do you see? Yeah. So disrespecting and dishonoring the people God has chosen you know, to help you. It's very dangerous. What do you think about what I'm saying? It's very dangerous. like you are throwing away your opportunity to withdraw from your own account. Yeah. Your checkbook, you are throwing away your checkbook and stamping it on the, on the floor. When you are criticizing men of God, now that person may not have been sent to you, but don't criticize them. They are men before of God and they have many problems. You do have problems. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, do you have problems? 
What are some of the problems you have? Tell me, but don't say it. We are in church. Don't say it. Hey. So if you notice that um, the man of God has whatever, he's something, he's maybe he spent money, or he's done, he has impregnated five people in the church. Or he has done, I mean, don't be quick. What I'm trying to say, don't be quick to criticize. You heard something on the news or don't choose those things. Listen to what God has said. God says that these people are my people. Touch not my anointed. Try. Sometimes it's difficult. The anointed is fooling around. And you want to touch the anointed. You want to slap him into, 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 into order. You see, like Saul. Saul was fooling around a lot. You see, but David could not touch him because he, he's anointed of God. David said, who, who, who can touch the anointing or the anointed of God and be guiltless? It's a very serious matter. There's a video running around about a certain man of God from a certain country that begins with a certain letter in the alphabet. <laughs> Have you seen what I'm talking about? And people are saying things. Yeah, we knew it. Please. Please. Touching God's administration brings something called leprosy, spiritually speaking. Look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the strain filled the temple. Now, this King Uzziah, go back please. King Uzziah, this guy, was a very wonderful king. Very great king in Israel. And then, he did what he was not supposed to do. He took the place of the priests. You see, the, the, the office of the priest was unique. The office of the king was also unique. The king was not supposed to come into the priestly service, but he broke protocol and broke the administration of God and came to come and offer sacrifices because he had become so big a king, he felt that he could do anything. You can find it in First Kings or Second Kings, one of them. He broke protocol and came to come and offer sacrifices in the temple of God. Whilst he was doing that, the, the priests came and told him that you are not supposed to do this. You know, you are not supposed to do this. God is going to judge you. Just as he was talking, the guy became leprous. Uzziah became leprous. And from that day, Uzziah was shut away from all of Israel because a leper cannot be part of people. Okay, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 18. Go, go up, go to verse 17, so we see it. 2 Chronicles 26. It says, And Isaiah the priest went in after him and with False court priest of the Lord. Go up. I want to see when he started doing why. I mean, why, why do you do this? You are king. You are fine. Everything is okay. Why are you breaking, breaking protocol? Why do you want to withdraw your money without bringing a checkbook? Yeah. Disrespecting the priest. He says, 16-year-old was Uzziah when he began. This is verse 3. When he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jekyllah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So he was okay. According to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah was his father in the Lord, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Have you seen it? The guy was just prospering. Everything was okay. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabneh and the wall of Ashtod and build cities about Ashtod and among the Philistines. Like, he was able to have so much victory. He went into the lands of the, lands of the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gubal and the Mehunims. Verse 8. And the Amorites gave gifts unto Zion, and his name spread abroad, even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Became very great. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gates and at the valley, at the valley gates and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Verse 10. Very wonderful guy. 
succeeding so much. And then he started verse 16. But when he was strong, you see, when he became strong, when he became like everything was okay, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And this is what happens to a lot of Christians. It's like everything is working, everything is okay. So it's like, oh, I don't need God. Or rather, I can do whatever I want to do. I can touch men of God. I can say whatever I want to say. You need to be faithful to God by being faithful to his men and his women. What I'm saying is not popular. It's not something that people like. And that's why a lot of Christians are not doing well. There are a lot of Christians who are experiencing leprosy, spiritually speaking. Everything they do, reduce. they reduce over the years. You want to become bigger and greater over the years. Respect God's administration. Be faithful to God by being faithful to the people that he has placed in different places. God has people all over the place. They are men of God. It's not a small thing to build a church. It's not a small thing to do things for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a very high something. You may, you may not understand. You may not know. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. For what reason? He just decided to go and burn incense on the altar of incense. Yes. And Isaiah the priest went in after him and with, with him four score priests or eighty priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary. They were sucking him out of the sanctuary. For thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be, be for thine honor from the Lord. Next verse. Then Uzziah was angry and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead. It started showing up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. Verse 20. And Isaiah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was, a, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from, from thence. Yea, he himself hasted to go out because the Lord had smitten him. And this is what happens to all those who. It's a very dangerous thing. Like, try. Hmm? Yes. Try not to say some things or think some things or have certain types of conversations with people. Other Christians. Hey, have you heard? Have you heard about this one? They will always tempt you. Have you heard about this one? Do you know what is, what is going on? Hey, when they are doing the wrong things, they don't want us to say it. They don't want us to come and say that, that's not my anointed. Brother, sister, it's for your own good. You don't want leprosy to start appearing in your forehead. Hey. Yeah. It's dangerous. You'll try. Don't say anything. Say it is, too, it is too high for me. It is too high for me. It's higher than me. I'm not interested. I can't, I can't say it. I don't think about it. Psalm 131 verse 1. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. There are things that are too high. You shouldn't say so. Okay? Yes. You shouldn't say some. Hallelujah. So that's, that's just for your, for your pocket. Okay? I felt I should, I should mention that. Yes. And until Uzziah died, you see, and you see, going against the, the authority of God prevents you from, prevents you and other people from seeing the visions of God. Yes. Uzziah, now, this scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, it's not Uzziah's physical death. It's Uzziah's civil death. A civil death happened when he became leprous. Civil death is being removed from the congregation. So he was removed. Because of his leprosy, he couldn't be added to the people. Even though he was king, he could not continue to rule. They put him in a room 
until his death. So he died, he died in a civil way. You understand? Or you don't understand? Yeah. So Isaiah was talking about the civil death of Uzziah. Okay. And when he died, he says, I saw the Lord lifted up and his train filled. It's like the guy was preventing a lot of things from happening because of the way he was behaving. I see in it. So if you don't want some things to be blocked in your life, Charlie, just respect God's anointing. Respect God's anointed all the time. Say good things about them. Appreciate them. Love them. And always remember that they are, they are also human beings. If they make an error, it's part of it. Let's continue our lives. If you were forgiven, they should also be forgiven. Have you been forgiven before? Have you done something and you are still around? You've not been, you've not been sacked. They didn't say you should go away. Has it, has, it, has it happened like that in your life? Then you should also relax. Just tell anybody, relax. 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 Hallelujah. So, um, I, I want to share briefly with you, just maybe in the next 10 minutes, concerning um, following Jesus. I mentioned that faithfulness to God has to do with following Jesus, if you remember. And Jesus demands it. It's a demand from Jesus. Okay, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus told Peter, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then, in verse 22, he told the, the guys, he called them, and they left their, and they immediately left their ship and their father and followed Jesus. You see, faithfulness to God has to do with following, learning to follow Jesus. Jesus died and rose again and did all of those things for us so that he can have us. Okay, Jesus died for a world full of sinners. So that he can have people to get born again and become his. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives. How should husbands love their wives? He says, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So it's like Jesus loved the church so much. He gave. What did he do as a result of loving the church? He gave himself. He didn't give his gifts. He gave himself because himself is the greatest gift ever. He gave himself. He gave his life so that the church will exist. Do you see? Now, if someone has given you his life, what, should, what do you think he should expect for, from you? He's expecting for you to also give your life for him. Do you see? Um... 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 13. It says, For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constrains us. The love that Christ had in our case constrains us or it compels us. Because with that judge, with that judge, with like you have to make a certain kind of judgment in your life. What's the judgment? That we, we judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Then, next verse 15, he says that, and that he died for all, Jesus died for all, so that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. He's expecting to live for him. He's expecting to follow him. He's expecting you to be faithful to him. The least thing he he, he wants from you is to listen to what he has to say. Just imagine if you have a wife or a husband who doesn't listen to you. And, but always wants sex from you. He doesn't listen to you, but he wants sex every evening. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, how is it going to work? 
Will you, will you allow your husband? Will you allow your husband? Not at all. Oh, no. There's no wife here. Will you allow your husband? Eh? What are you saying? No, no, never. Never. Hey. You are not married. You, you are, what did you say? In the future. In the future. I'm not allowed. <laughs> wow. You will never allow. Because the guy is not listening to you. He's not minding you. He's not, it's like he's not interested in what you are interested in. When you go out and you say, you want to, you want to buy something, you just drive off. It's as though he has not heard you. You just drive off. Huh? And then in the evening, he will come and, baby. Then, who is your baby? Who is your baby? I'm sure you will wear very tight jean shorts. Without buttons and without zip. With padlock. No entry. You are not going anywhere. Hey! That is what happens when we are also not minding Jesus Christ. How do we know whether we are minding Jesus or not? By reading his word. Yeah. So follow Jesus. Okay, you have to be faithful to Jesus. Follow Jesus and become faithful to Jesus by reading the Bible. That's the first thing. Start reading your Bible. Then when you make certain types of requests, you will see that it's just flowing. Yeah. When you notice that your request is not being answered, you should know that you are not being faithful to your love. Because we are, we are the bride of Christ. As far as the Bible is concerned, we are the bride of Christ. I just read some to you. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water by the word, so that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. He doesn't want you to have spots or wrinkles. Who would want to marry a wife with spots? I mean, yesterday at the engagement, we were mentioning that. Like, look at how, look at the calves and all of that. You remember? Yeah. I mean, you want calves. <laughs> My brother is burning, I tell you. <laughs> you want the French calves? French calves. Are you in the church or have gone home? Just imagine you are going to marry and the lady does not have teeth. Her teeth is fake. The eyebrows are fake. The bottoms are fake. The breast is fake. You don't want to have that. You don't want to have that. Hey, it will be very wild though. So if you don't want that, Jesus also doesn't want that. Jesus wants a wife, a bride with nice things. Yes. And can you imagine what beautifies us? What beautifies us is the word of God. Yes. He says he washes and cleanses you with the water of the word. And we just read it. Go up. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. How? With the washing of water by the word of God. So the way the bride becomes, or we become correct and fine and nice for Jesus to enjoy, is through his word. Through listening to his word. Through reading his word. Through meditating on his word. That is, a, that is just imagine you have, you have a wife who has not bathed for one year. One year. Charlie, one day Christ noticing. One year. That is what happens when you've not read your Bible for one year. In the realm of the spirit, you are smelling. And when, when you are coming to make requests from Jesus, like, ah, mm, mm, move away, move away. I don't know if you like my message. Do you like the message I'm preaching to you? I'm trying to make it as simple as possible and practical as possible. Yeah. 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 You have to bath often in the spirit. How? Through the word of God. 
listening to the word of God. Read it every morning when you wake up, read your Bible. Spend some 15 minutes, 20 minutes, read the words of Jesus Christ. Read what he's saying. You see, if you don't learn to read, you will not understand. That's, you will not understand what, what he's about. You will not be able to follow him well because you don't know him well. You see, the one you don't know, you can't marry. You can't marry. You don't know the person. You are marrying the person for what? For his money. He will beat you very soon. I mean, it's not, you can't do money. Oh. We need to ch- take regular showers of the word. Hmm? There's a scripture here, John 15, 3. Jesus himself said, he says, now you, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God that comes to you, that he preaches to you, that is preached to you, when you listen to it, you are actually washing yourself. You are being cleansed. The spots are leaving your life. The wrinkles, the oldness is leaving your life. The impurities leave your life. So that you can become very fresh for the Lord. You see, before Esther met the king, she had to bath with certain types of spices. Spices that the king likes. And because she followed the voice of the eunuch to do the, take the spices that the eunuch knew that the king liked, when she stepped before the king, the king said, hmm, hmm, draw closer, my dear. What is your name? I like, I like this. And that was it. Do you see? That was it. And when Esther came to come and make requests before the king, the king didn't even wait for Esther to say, oh, what do you want? Up to half of my kingdom. I'll give it to you. Up to half. What do you add to half? I'm giving it to you. Yeah. The power of a woman. Up to half. Up to half. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. If you're a wife who knows what to do in your marriage. If you know, and one of the things you should, you should know is to humble yourself before your husband. Do you understand? He may be your classmate from school. Maybe you went to the same school. You were in the same class. And you were smarter than him. You were first. He was 31st. You were first. He was 31st. But by certain circumstances, you are now married to him. Don't come and come and say, Hey, hey, can you, uh, can you, can you get me this? Please, it won't work. Humble yourself. Go down. Relax. Humility. Submission. Are you in the church or have gone home? Tell the nearest lady by you, learn to humble yourself in your marriage. <laughs> Maybe you are the SP, yes, and he was the boy who was beaten at assembly all the time. Please, Please. now you are married. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's now the head of the house. Please treat him as your head. Oh, yes. Yeah. That you see, the mysterious thing about being a head is that you see, all your five senses are located in your head your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, your sense of speech. Your sense of smell, your sense of touch. It's only one sense that is in your body. And the wife is described as the body. And the man is described as the head. So as a wife, all you can feel is just feelings. feelings. If you follow your feelings, the marriage will not work. Feelings. Are you in the church you have gone home? <laughs> so if someone is your head, it means that the person sees for you. This marriage that you say you want to marry, the person is not going to be seeing for you. Okay. He's going to be hearing for you. Okay. He's going to be spelling for you. He's going to be tasting for you. Wow. He's going to be feeling for you. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, all five. Very, very serious. So you need to, if, you, if you're not angry, just imagine if your body is not minding your head. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. When your body, your, your head says, let us go to the bathroom. Because the bladder is full. You know, it's your head that tells you. You see, the, the bladder tells the head. 
Okay, that's, there's something like this. And then the head tells the rest of your body, your legs, that we need to move and then go to the bathroom. When we get to the bathroom, we need to remove some things and sit on the potty or stand before the potty. And we will. No, be so. Just imagine your bladder gave information and then your body says, Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. We are sitting in the auditorium. The word of God is too good, baby. We are staying in the auditorium. What do you think will happen here? There will be a watering all over the place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you don't want that to happen. That is what happens when a wife is not minding the husband. Yeah. When you start minding your husband, and you start acknowledging him, and you start treating him well. Oh, baby, you're welcome. You start affirming your love for your husband. You know I love you, right? You are the best in the whole world. Your husband will do well if you learn to talk to him like that. If you don't, if you are, look at his head. Your head like coconut. Your head like, oh, media, go away. If you start saying those things to your husband, it's finished. Yeah. Your husband will not do well. And it will affect all of us. It will, it will affect you. Wow. That's what happens when you're also not minding Jesus Christ. When he's talking to you, you are not minding him. When he says, change this about you. I mean, your dressing is for your husband. It's not for... I mean, all the ladies who wear wig when you're going out. When you're going outside, you heap up the breasts. You heap you, your bottoms. You do it in a certain way. Wow. I mean, you spray your bottoms. You know that spraying your bottoms? You don't know. You spray your bottoms. You do all of those things. And then you move out. Happily, nicely. And then you are going. You are showing everything to Everybody. Do you see? But when it comes to your husband, hey. when you are home, your hair is looking like head of Medusa. Hey. It's like there are snakes on your head. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Your beauty is for your husband. Oh, yeah. Yes, and your beauty is for Jesus Christ as well. Yeah. Your spiritual beauty. And it's dependent on the word. Do you see? Reading the Bible. You see, Jesus at age 12 was a scholar in the word. Yeah. You follow Jesus by being a scholar in the word as well. Let me show it to you in Luke. You want to follow your husband who is Christ? You must follow what he also did. Hmm? What did he do? At age 12, look at this. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Twelve-year-old boy was sitting among the doctors of the law or the doctors of the word of God. And he was listening and asking questions. Next verse. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Everybody was shocked at the way he, the understanding and the answers he was giving. If this is our husband, then it means that we must also be in the same. You see, because one of the things that cannot happen when in marriage is that you can't marry someone whose intelligence is very low. Way lower than yours. You're a lady. You're looking for a husband. You have finished university. And your guy is didn't finish class three. It will be very difficult. It, you can marry you, but it will be very difficult. Yeah. When you, when you say certain things, you say, ah, what are you talking about? You can't relate. The intelligence is very low. Yeah. You can't talk. You can't relate in a certain way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Cinderella, Cinderella that you know, 
who removed one shoe and got married and not all her clothing Not all her clothing. She removed one shoe and she got married. Some people are removing all their clothing and they are still not getting married. <laughs> she removed one shoe and got married. But you see, one of the things that happened was with Cinderella. Well, she was very smart. Was she not smart? Yeah. And the prince was impressed with her smartness. She was beautiful, but she was also smart. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Yes. So you need to be smart in the spirit. How? By the word of God. Like you need to you need to know the word. As a child of God, you should know the word in order for Jesus to be able to flow with you on a certain level. Yeah. He was asking questions and all of that. You to God wants you to be able to ask certain types of questions and have certain types of understanding in his word. When Jesus spoke, everybody was astonished at his doctrine. Mark chapter. Let me give you scriptures since you are interested in scriptures. Let me give you scriptures, okay? Okay, let's look at um John chapter 7, instead, verse 14 to verse 16. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and, and thought. He was teaching. And the Jews marveled. As they heard him teaching, they marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having, not, having never learned? How come this guy knew so much? Next verse. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Jesus was faithful to God by listening to the doctrine of God. So you need to be faithful to Jesus by listening to his words. Okay? That's what beautifies you, like I said. Without that, your beauty is reduced. Okay? So follow Jesus or be faithful to God by listening to Jesus' words. Actually, God is expecting you to also learn to teach the word of God with time. That's, that is the way to relate with him. Do you see? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Look at Hebrews 5, 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. He says he wants you to, he wants you to, be, able to, to be able to read. Know. Know where what is. Know what Jesus said here. Know what Jesus said there. Know. That, is, that is where you get hope. The Bible says that the, the word of God is written for us. So that we, through the comfort of the scriptures, might, might have hope. Do you see? Yes. Hope. Patience, all those things come as a result of God's word. As you read it, you get to know what God has said about you. The way to identify yourself or get to know who you are. You will not know who you are. Depression will be, will be very close if you don't know what God has said concerning you. Okay? Yes. There's a scripture for everything. You'll be surprised. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We through patience and comfort of the scriptures. So the scriptures brings you comfort and it teaches you to be patient with God and brings you hope. Hope for life. Hope that your present circumstance will change. The word of God is God's words, is God's expression of his love for you. Words are very important and words are very powerful. The only way to reach somebody is through words. That's why people go for, they go for therapy. What do they do at therapy? They don't do it. It's just words. They're just talking. And yet they're able to heal the person's soul in a certain way. Yeah. Therapy. You see, one of our, our, our pastor's brother lost the wife. And the wife was sick for so long. She was sick for about six or seven years with a certain form of cancer. Very strange type of cancer. 
She died not long ago. But within that six-year period, it was a lot of stress, a lot of money lost, a lot of so many things, a lot of questions. You know, and he took his wife for therapy in a certain country. Whilst the, the therapist was talking, he looked at the husband and said, are you the husband? And he said, oh, yes. Then he said, you also need therapy. And the guy said, oh, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Everything is fine. When he went for the first session, the way he cried, he cried. It was not, he didn't know there were a lot of things hidden inside. And the good thing is that this therapist was a Christian. So the person who was using the word of God, which is higher than any word of any human being. It's higher than any human being's word. These are God's words. Yeah. And he, 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 it healed his heart, healed him very well. That's what happens to you as you read the Bible. As you read the Bible, you see that you are being, like, you become so relaxed. Do you see? Yeah. So confident in life. So patient. Nothing really moves you. I was saying to some of our pastors some time ago, that I'm not in a hurry. One of the things I'm not in a hurry for is to get to. No, it's, this person is a popular person. This person, I'm not in a hurry to get to know the person. It would be nice to know the person, but I will not kill for it. I will not force my way there. Do you know why? Do you want to know why? Because I know the greatest person who ever existed and who ever lived. His name is Jesus Christ. So, it's like, it's not impressive. It's powerful, it is great, it is nice, but it's not, it's not impressive. I was with one of our former presidents some time ago. We went for a visit. I, don't, I think you were there. We went for a visit. You know, and there were a number of us there. And everybody was taking pictures with him. But we were, we were just, I think we were three, the three of us. We were, myself, Pastor Eli, and Pastor Mark. And we were just there, we were just relaxing. And he was looking, like, wouldn't these people come and take pictures with me? What, what are they standing there for? We were just there. It's, it's not because we don't want to, but... You are a wonderful person. Thank God for your life. Hello. God bless you. Powerful. God bless you for ruling the country. But we know someone who is greater than you. We know someone who is greater than you. We are buying a property from a certain music legend in this country. We are buying a certain property from him as a church. And two of our papas, Ellie and Pastor Mark, were the ones leading the purchase. And they were relating with him, moving with him, Getting like talking to him like any ordinary person, and he was surprised. So after everything, after the whole deal, everything, then he said, "Oh, it would be it would be nice to take pictures with you." Then he said, "If you had not taken pictures with me, I would have been very surprised. I would have been very surprised. My pride would have been hurt. I would have added more money to the to the purchase." Yeah. Recently, I heard he was talking to somebody and said, "Charlie, those boys they bought the he called you guys boys. He said those boys they bought the property like it was a piece it was tomatoes." But, and they didn't mind me. They didn't mind me. Oh, yeah. You see, the word of God and your confidence in the word of God gives you a certain kind of a certain kind of boldness. I mean, I mean. If your husband is the president right now, I mean, you don't you don't respect much. What do you think? Oh, my husband is the king of kings and the lord of lords. These are some of the things that meditation, that's why. When you are meditating on the word of God, it just starts permeating every aspect of your life. It starts going everywhere. It gives you a certain kind of confidence. You are not afraid. You are not bothered by some things. Whether there's lack or abundance, you are not moved by. You are not moved by a lot of things. Yeah. So read. Tell neighbor, read. 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 Tell read a thing. Tell the other neighbor, read a thing. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. As you are reading, you see that you are becoming a better person. Okay? Yes. So follow Jesus by what? Reading your Bible. Is it a good thing? Read your Bible and pray every day. You become a nice wife and not a toothless wife. <laughs> I tell you, Charlie's wild. The guy's face was changing as the, the lady was removing the things. Wow. Hallelujah. Stand up and thank God for what I shared with you. Just let's thank God for the blessing that He has given to us and tell God you're going to follow Him all the days of your life. Yes. In the next two minutes, just thank Him, give Him glory, give Him praise. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.